Mr. Clean. Da 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 da. da. Are, are you singing a song about Mr. Clean teaching you sex ed? No, because he... that's who taught my sex ed class. Mr. Clean? Yeah, he basically can't. You, you, the rule is you don't pick up anything you can't wash off. What? What? That's the Mr. Clean joke. That's the joke. Don't. All right, start over. <laughs> Mr. Clean, Mr. Clean. I found a ukulele, and now this show just got awesome. Except it is impossible to tune. I think it's a decorative ukulele that can't be played. I'm going to put yeah, this away. It is literally impossible sure to tune. Take that away from me. Take that away from me. All right. Hello, and welcome to the first ever episode of KingCast that you're listening to. It's got like 50 episodes, but you said this is a good one to start on. Well, let me explain what this show is to you little jimmy who should definitely be over 18 if you're listening to this show this is or not no if you're if you're under 18 turn this off but our show's not pornographic it's not pornographic but if you're under 18, it's explicit fair enough all right put this on they probably watch game of fucking thrones that sounds like a really awesome version of Game of Thrones. It's the exact same version of Game of Thrones. <laughs> Just with, like, metal soundtrack? Anyways, welcome. <laughs> that would be amazing. It's just, it's Game of Thrones reskinned to have, like, laser swords and shit, but yeah. it's been made in someone's shitty editing program. Um, anyways, welcome they to They just Kinkast. rotoscope lightsabers on everything. <laughs> welcome to KinkCast. It is a podcast that is about uh, po- alternative sexual lifestyles, fetishes, kinks, uh, and we're going to have some fun and we're going to laugh, but we're not making fun of anybody. We're not taking a shit on anybody. Usually, today we are, though, because we're taking a big old, gnarly, olive green, stinking shit right All over the U.S. education right system. Right on the U.S. education system. Fuck you, Uncle Sam. Mostly the sex ed system and probably Betsy Davos or Davos or whatever her... Evil person name is. And that's enough or, Game of Thrones for more specifically, <laughs> more uh, specifically, Valerie Huber of the Department of Health and Human Services, who was previously co-founded and served as the president and CEO of Ascend, originally known as the National Abstinence Education Association. Uh, can't you, you imagine, Tommy? Huh? <laughs> what? No. Can you just imagine, like, what was her name? Natalie Huber? Her name is Valerie Huber. Oh, can't you just imagine Valerie Huber in, like, an ice throne and, like, an ice castle? Like, no one shall fornicate until they're 32. See, I kind of saw her as the soup Nazi. No sex for you. No, that man, that, that guy's got, like, a sexiness to him. Yeah. He's he, not an actual Nazi. That either. guy fucks. Soup. <laughs> George Costanza. Uh, so I thought, since this is your first episode ever, and uh, you're so happy to meet us, we should go around the room and we should introduce ourselves, we should say hi, and I thought we'd recycle a game we've already played once. <laughs> but <laughs> which you tell Which you might thing. hear again. That was crazy. <laughs> which you might hear twice, uh, depending on how the episode is edited. But I thought you should go around the room and say who we are and say something fucked up we learned in our education system when we had sex ed. Uh, who's going to start? Eeny, meeny, miny, Dana. Uh, again, random. Um, all right. So when I went to a cr- private Christian high school, um, I was Nerd. actually... <laughs> hey, I liked it when I was there. It wasn't until after I left I learned all the things that I, I mean, learned that were wrong. I'm sure you um, saw a good time. People get Stockholm Syndrome all so the time. So I'll not tell you a funny there. story. Um... In fifth grade, we were separated into boys and girls, um, and boys were led to go and watch one video about human sexuality, and girls were led to a different room to watch a different video on human sexuality. 
this happened to be very conveniently at the same time that I had developed a nasty case of bronchitis and I was went home sick early that day. Oh no. Which is hilarious because like my mom offered to like go and rent the video for me later from the school so I could be caught up on what I missed because I'm like from a family that's so waspish that we didn't talk about sex. Like that was not a thing that was discussed ever. Just counted on like public education system to take care of it. Fast forward to junior high and high school. Actually, it was mainly in high school. I took a marriage and sexuality class. The entire class is about how you shouldn't fuck before you get married. In the high entire school? class is it's a it's a Bible class is what it was. Oh. We had a, an entire period every year dedicated to Bible. Um, and this semester was dedicated to marriage and sexuality. And in that class, I was taught I would never, ever have a successful relationship, sexual or otherwise, with a man, because man is my only option, um, unless I had a good relationship with my father. And my parents were going through a divorce at the time, so that was really shitty. See, I thought you were going to say with God. Which would have made sense for uh, her. He's your yeah, other father. That, that one, too. But I think because the school she's in, that was already implicit. Like, yeah. She's already got a good relationship with her daddy. Gay daddy in heaven. The, the heaven, upstairs daddy. Heaven daddy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I d- distinctly remember how I was a very dumb child, and I very much could have used someone taking me aside and explaining how it all worked, because... They just did so much scare tactics, and then there was rumor, and then there was the internet, and there was all this shit. Um, my favorite thing of misinformation that I remember learning is, you know, because I was once a little boy who was privy to conversations other little boys were having. And there's always that one kid or that one group of kids who are very uh, obsessed with autofellatio. Is that what it's called? Well, you define you're, that for you're, us. Uh, sucking your own dick. You suck your own dick, like Marilyn Manson. Nice. Some kids are that flexible. Well, I think some people are that flexible. Some adults are that. But flexible. like, you have to remember, this was wink. <laughs> this was the this is Chris goes for three hours. Key bacon. <laughs> He's the truffle hog. Of the first two hours and fifty minutes are trying, and the, the last ten is reaching. <laughs> Continue Do you have a baby story. in there? No, it's just my roommate. He's trying to suck his own dick. <laughs> Makes hold, a crying Hold noise. on, hold on. It's the end of Lord of the Rings. Yeah, he's got it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, I definitely remember, like, because we used to have those fucking miserable souls come to our school, and they would dance and sing songs about saving yourself till marriage, and they would, like, do a gonorrhea song, and then they'd open the floor for a Q&A. And my memory's probably wrong, but this is just the way I want to remember it. A kid probably raised his hand and was like, could you get an STD STD if, like, if I... So, like, whatever, like, you suck your own, like, you know, like, you sucked your own. Could you, like, get an STD, like, or whatever? Can you get pregnant from coming in your own mouth? And and I'm no doubt the way I'm remembering it is this, like, terrified 21-year-old who just wanted to die. They're getting a dollar extra per hour over what they got paid for telling kids not to smoke cigarettes. And he looked at that kid and went, yeah, whatever, fuck it. If you come in your own mouth, you'll get AIDS and die. (laughs) So I distinctly remember going from, like, age 12 to probably, like, 15 thinking... Whenever people talked about, like, dudes who suck their own dicks, like, they're going to die. <laughs> they're going to get the Jimagaribis. They're going to get the Skirbies. I mean, that is a little 
joke in Clerks. They're going to get the plot plot. The first Clerks movie. That's a joke from Clerks? Yeah. Well, I, the, he's like, my cousin tried sucking his own dick and he broke his back. Oh, and they gosh. found, his parents found him there with his dick in his mouth. But that's breaking your back, not an STD. From trying to suck his dick, but yeah. Fair enough. Uh, Still bad. By the way, there are people who can suck their own dick. Yeah. I One mean, of my favorite podcasters can suck his own dick. Why would you do anything? Is it you? <laughs> no. Is that, is that the joke? <laughs> no. Uh, is that you, uh, John Wayne? No, Nick Weiger from the Doughboys can suck his own dick. Really? Yeah. And I mean, like, and I guess the he question... Got, he the, got drunk on an episode and talked about it. it. Yeah. The, the question that always follows for me when it comes to autofellatio is there's a difference between can do it and actively do it. Yeah. yeah. And as long as you're being all-inclusive, I'm sure there's there's folks with uh, with vaginas who can eat themselves out. I've been to Cirque du Soleil. Yeah. You can fold yourself in a tiny box. You can probably eat your own clip. I've seen the grudge. Oh, God. A lot of girls can <laughs> suck their own nipples. Well, yeah. Okay. I can't. Or can I? I'm going to find out right now. I'll go in the shirt. Chris, um, <laughs> uh, so... I'm going to talk about a time, because I didn't actually have much sex I can't ed. lick my own nipples. Uh, basically, what we were told in sex ed pretty much didn't talk about sex ed. It was just the, uh, you know, here's the boys stuff. That's how that works. Hey, boys, you know what a penis looks like? This is a penis. Hey, girls, you know what a vagina looks like? Here's a vagina. Yeah. All right, let's go home. We had to... Uh, uh, intermingle with the girls and not have to but we did we went to like the our friends that were girls and we're like so what did they teach you guys and they're like oh they taught us like what a vagina looks like it's like close shouldn't we have these classes switched around because i know what a penis looks like i don't need to see the anatomy of it did they hand out deodorant after that too yeah that yes. was a, i got that talk in fifth grade uh but my uh stepmom did try to teach me abstinence only uh, saying you should save it till marriage and never ever have sex outside of marriage because it's uh, it's evil. I think my mom tried teaching me abstinence only once because we were watching Scrubs and there was an episode about Turk and Carla wanting to not fuck before their wedding night and my mom like started crying and hitting me really hard. She actually did neither of those things but we it, like she freaked out during an episode of Scrubs and it descended in her talking about how um, women are practically killing themselves if they have sex before marriage. But so, uh, sorry. <laughs> so my dad was uh, standing in the same room and basically interrupting her every time she would start talking and would say, but I know you're going to have sex. So make sure to you make sure to quote, wrap it up. And uh, she would uh, she would condoms, but she would get pissed and be like, what are you telling him? He shouldn't have any sort of sex at all. And and then he would be like, but wrap it up. And then he never would ever again. (laughs) (laughs) And I never had sex. You're right, Tommy. No, but I've uh, just been sucking my own dick (laughs) the whole time. You know what? I am sure get married to a nice girl. will tell you how to do the rest. I hate how my dad uh, describes it, but I am thankful that he did describe it. Um, so one of the things we want, have we just actually said actively what the topic is today? We're talking about sex ed. And how sex ed has failed us miserably. Usually we do a, uh, a focused episode on a fetish or a kink. Today we decided to do something a little bit different because this is a growing concern. We actually spent some time on Yahoo Answers today as well as some other stuff. And some of the questions that people have, very basic 
basic shit, and they just haven't been taught. And these are presumably adults based upon some of their account pictures. Well, I mean, have you remember being 18? You remember talking to other 18-year-olds and finding out that they didn't know shit? And I mean, to be fair, uh, we learned, you and I learned about the prostate on this show, and we're old men, and we could not easily define what the prostate is. Uh, there was a debate earlier about squirting. It's P. We've discussed this on the show. Before. Oh, and and I would just very much like to, if I if I was put in charge of teaching a room of fifteen year olds what sex is, I would come in with sparklers in my hand and a T shirt that says, "Squirting is just pee." And there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> if she likes to squirt, she's just liking to pee a little. Oh. And if he likes the squirt, he just likes pee a little bit. And there's nothing wrong with that at all, but they should acknowledge it. See, I, I was imagining you wearing one of those big suits that's got the drums and, like, the symbols on the front. <laughs> Squirting is pee. No, you've got a harmonica, too. You don't say a word. You're just making noise while your shirt says exactly what you want it to say. So I'd just be changing shirts? <laughs> Yeah, squirting is pee. That's it. Uh, Why do you need more than one shirt? Well, because there's other commandments. Like, no one should be... People will live their entire lives. I, I think I read about this recently. There, there was some older lady who had never had good sex her entire life because she had a particularly dry vagina. But she couldn't buy any lubricant for it because, no, buying something for sex makes her a prostitute. I, I've read supposed accounts of, like, divorcees who are like orgasm for the first time and they're like I'm 35 and I just orgasmed what happened well no you you look into fucking why has my life been a waste and if people want to try abstinence you know we don't shit on alternative sexual lifestyles abstinence is an alternative sexual lifestyle that I kind of openly say is terrible but to teach abstinence only it's the same as if they taught um ignorance it is no, I'm trying to say that that is, that is definitely a minority community. So it's the same as if they taught a... Uh, that the world was flat. No, because the earth is not flat. And there's nothing wrong with abstinence. It's just the fact that they're shoehorning people in the same way they would shoehorn in heteronormativity. I feel like there's the abstinence, s- which is kind of like a taught thing. And then there's asexuality, which is a chosen thing. Or yes. like uh, just breezing over evolution. Yeah. But the point is... The product of abstinence only leads to some very miserable people. And while I'm sure there are people, I have no doubt, I have no doubt they exist. They wait until their wedding night and their wedding night is beautiful and their entire sexual life is fantastic. I'm sure that happens. It's a fairy tale romance happens all the time. But there are a lot of folks, they've done abstinence only, they get to the wedding night and they haven't seen anything more, you know, PG-13 than Jurassic Park, and all of a sudden, they don't know how to make a Dr. Ian Malcolm... Yeah, they can't They can't do Whoopi. Or, you know what <laughs> is interesting? I actually read about, like, the concept and construct of virginity um, at one point, and we actually, like... Sometimes that's such a thing that is, like, I guess, ground into our brains so much that sometimes whenever women do have sex on their wedding night or whatever, they feel shameful and used even after that. Even though they're married now, they still feel shame because they've lost that virginity, which has been held in such high esteem for so long. So this has a lot of, like, psychological consequences for the miseducation that people have gotten as young adults in developing sexual teens. Oh, yeah, like the uh, Jonas Brothers and Purity Rings and all that bullshit. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I think Because they've never 
fucked. No. Well, let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about the numbers, and this is something I wanted to bring up. Um, Every time you do that, so I I drive a lot for my job, and so I'm always listening to NPR, and on their news program, they always go, "Let's go to the numbers," and they start playing <laughs> this really relaxing jazz music. For the longest time, I've been wanting Chris to edit in like really smooth jazz whenever Dana gets to like the sex statistics. Okay. The great is, thing is with jazz, they would never be able to tell if it was a copyrighted thing or not. It could just be me on the uke. it just sounds like mess. Toss me that uke and I'm going to make some jazz. Okay, let's get to the sextistics. Wow. I actually came out okay. It's hard enough to stay, say statistics. I thought you were playing Jurassic Park at first. <laughs> okay. And now the numbers. <laughs> Tommy, he's going to be picking that up way more than he'll pick up her voice. Sorry, Dana, (laughs) yeah, but you give me some sex statistics. Some sex statistics. Um, Okay, the number of teen births in 2016. You want to take a guess? Uh, How many there were in the country? Yes. How many teens are born in 2016? I got this. of teen births in 2016. Zero, because people come out as babies. So (laughs) there are 300 million Americans, correct? That's the, about how many of us there are. I think so, yeah. There's about 300 billion Americans. So if there's 300 million Americans, it's uh, safe to assume that teenagers represent... A third. I would say a little less. I want to say... I think it is supposed to be a third. A third of us are teenagers? That's a lot. So I don't A third think of us right. are uh, under the age. I'm going to guess that there are 80 million teenagers in the United States. 80 million teenagers in the United States. And I'm going to guess that still probably less than 1% of them got pregnant. Maybe 1% of them got pregnant. But 10% of them got pregnant? I didn't say that. 100% of teenagers. I'm going to guess that there are 600,000 teenagers. Hold on. So, if we do this, guys split in half because guys can't get pregnant. Shit. 300,000 teen pregnancies. That is not far off. Wow. We did it together, Chris. In 2016... There was 209,809 ah, births. So close. We were 90,000 off. But, you know, so, I guess there well, were, that's freaking pretty close. If you include pregnancy scares, I'm sure my <clears throat> yes, would be right yes. on the money. Uh, which averages about 20.3 births per 1,000 teenage girls. That is down 9% from 2015. Because of the internet. So, Tommy, you were, and, it was 2% of teenage girls. It's <laughs> down 67% from 1991. There was a crap ton of teen births in 1991. Do you know what happened between, 20, uh, between 1991 and 2016? 9-11. Yahoo Answers. Oh. <laughs> Yahoo Answers, because if you've ever been on Yahoo Answers, every other question is about pregnancy, and people are getting those answers. Well, the, the, main, the main thing that has changed since then is the effectiveness of contraception and the fact that people are using more contraception uh, than they have back then. Uh, back then, it was very shameful. Like, I guess, I mean, it's always been kind of shameful no, to be I, like, oh, you're on birth control pills. You must be a hussy. I stand by the stupid fucking stereotype that people have that you can't buy things for sex. Right. That if you spend money on something for your sexual life, it's somehow completely immoral. Mm-hmm. Well, we talked about that in the masturbation episode, that if guys use any sort of masturbation aid, it is it's like seen as degenerate or what, emasculating yeah. or it's like you can't suck your own dick. I well, mean, and, and what's I'm, wrong with you? I'm not going <laughs> to shit on other people without shitting on myself. I remember being 18 and terrified of buying condoms 
I was in a I was in a like a bathroom that had a little like uh, the little coin Corn, slot thing. Yeah, the corner. And like dispenser. I wouldn't do it because like what if someone walked in and they saw me buying Wait, a condom? What bathroom were you in where you found that? They uh, took most of those out. Well, Chris, I don't want to go into the story of how I lost my virginity. Surprise! I am not a virgin. This is getting way more personal than I wanted it to be. Um, let's. Cheaper out of that, huh? See, I, I, back to the numbers. Back to the numbers. <laughs> the first time I bought condoms, uh, I had the kind of experience that you see in the movies, where like you go up to the counter, you buy the condom. There's a big black guy behind the counter, and he goes, "All right," and then he gives you a high five. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. <laughs> you got encouragement. That's not fair. I remember buying. He's a like condom. having fun tonight, and it's like, yes. Yes. I remember buying Hopefully. a condom because I just wanted to know what the fuck it was. I had seen it. What, there was some show that I had watched that basically they blew them up into balloons. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that doesn't look right. Like, they're not supposed to be able to blow up like that. Like, it's just like a f- weird shaped balloon. And I remember opening one up for the first time and being like, oh, why is it wet? <laughs> I couldn't figure out why it was already gross. I distinct, I, I, I'm going to let you get to the numbers, uh, but yeah. I distinctly remember like uh, someone finding a used condom on the playground in fifth grade tennis, and every class from like eight around formed this circle around it, and there was just <laughs> this like parade of probably like 90 fifth graders all like just staring at a used condom. <laughs> you poke it with a stick? <laughs> I'm sure someone poked it with a stick. Oh. Someone sneezed in it! Um, all, all the way around. <laughs> that was funny! <laughs> <laughs> all the way around, we obviously all can remember like the strange misconceptions that we have about sex and sex objects like condoms and things like that because literally like all of that is so foreign it's very hush hush we're not told about it we're told to be quiet about it and not ask questions about it it's improper it's rude it's shameful so i think that this is a really important episode to kind of discuss those things um although back to sex ed and the fact that you know our education system is supposed to let us know about things that we need information on as adults like taxes like um you know how to buy your first car how loans work we don't learn any of that stuff. And that includes all the information we need to know about sex and sexuality. Yeah, there should really be like a gap year in high school where you learn how the government works, how to vote, <laughs> how to pay taxes, how to not have a baby. You're supposed to. How to be a decent human being. What? They, they teach government classes. No, you just learn about the different presidents and what they did. Yeah, if I if I go back to social studies, I definitely remember every class being a history class. I don't remember a civics Oh, I class. mean, that is... I mean, I'm talking about if in college, they... Oh. Government's mandatory. Also, it's Texas government if you're in Texas, which is fucking stupid. <laughs> but they also hey. never taught me how to build good credit. So there's that. You know what else? They, you know what else they never fucking taught me? You know what else they never fucking taught me? <laughs> in, in, in the Texas Independence War about the Alamo, when we were fucking being taught that we were the good guys and the Mexicans were this evil invading army of monsters, uh, they were fighting Texas because Texas had slaves and Mexico was anti-slavery. It, there was Texas was the bad guy. Texas was absolutely the bad guy. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. So let's get back to And sex. also, Columbine apologists? No. no. Go fuck no. yourself. No. Uh, so just uh, want to interject real quick with a Yahoo questions. Uh, could women live without sex? Yeah. Who knows? Damn straight. Who knows? I'll keep, uh, I'm keeping looking, by the way. Oh, okay. Dana, you get, let's see the way you get some numbers. Okay, I wanted to say some of the research I found shows, and I saw ridiculous amounts of different 
reviews and studies that have been done, systematic reviews of research evaluating abstinence-only education have concluded that it is completely ineffective at preventing unwanted uh, unwanted pregnancy or the spread of STIs. So what do you know? Ignorance is not bliss. If you don't know about a thing, you really can't protect yourself from it, can you? It's almost like terrorism doesn't work. And on that same opposite side of the hand educational terrorism doesn't work either. Mm -hmm. And I'll state this again. Even the American Academy of Pediatrics has recommended against the use of abstinence-only sex education because it has been found to be ineffective and because the media frequently conveys information about non-abstinence. So, in a world that thrives on sex and sexiness and sexuality, um, people need to know the risks that come along with that. I learned a lot about sex from friends. The TV show. Oh, yeah. Which also had an issue because I learned a statistic from friends, which turns out is incorrect, but that uh, condoms work only 99.9% of the time because that was a joke that they made in the show when Ross got uh, Rachel pregnant. Oh, it only it's like it's like a B plus. No, it's like 80. It's it's 100 percent if they're used correctly. Yes. Oh, yes. If they're used incorrectly, that is where you get the statistical errors. It is it is a user error that causes the what's how does one use a condom incorrect? Put it on backwards. Don't pinch the tip when you roll. You got to pinch the tip. You got to pinch the tip. No, I I think one of the biggest failings of abstinence only teaching is I call it educational terrorism because that's what it is. A lot of abstinence only uh, sex education is genuinely just telling people not to have sex or else guys why always husband need sex <laughs> he's horny hey but let me give you a timeline here yes um i have i i kind of went through and did a little bit of research myself because i'm afraid that things aren't getting much better um i have other siblings and people that are still in high school and have gone through the same thing that I went through. And I'm like, what? They're still not teaching you comprehensive sex education? Uh, In 2017, so just last year, the Trump administration cut $213 million in funding for more than 81 programs that were teaching comprehensive sex education. Now, remember, comprehensive sex education means that they're talking about everything you need to know uh, that's the basics of, of sex and sexuality. Um, so they're not teaching you abstinence only. They're telling you how to properly use a condom. They're telling you um, how to properly use birth control and contraception. Um, they're, they're giving you the full insider you know, information for how to be careful and be sexually safe. Um, so uh, that was $213 million cut from that funding. Um, the proposed 2018 budget, so this year, um, they the Trump administration allocated $277 million for abstinence-only programs. Yay. Um, <clears throat> and as of today, the day that we are recording this, this is June, what, 26th, uh, 2018, as of today, Planned Parenthood announced that they would be suing Valerie Huber of the Department of Health and Human Services, who has pushed for the abstinence-only agenda. She has been, she's in the position currently right now, um, working for the Department of Health and Human Services. Though she previously co-founded and served as the president and CEO of Ascend, originally known as the National Abstinence Education Association. There doesn't seem to be any conflict there. Yeah, there's no no real conflict there, except for that she's been given like so much power. So if there's anyone we want to point the finger at for the fact that we're not educating young people on how to uh, have safe sex, uh, it's her. Yeah, what's so odd about that 
is the new Republican Party, the one that we've gotten out of 2016, is a sexual Republican Party. It's a Republican Party that has a accused pedophile, I'll fucking say it, in the White House. He used to go backstage during, like, junior beauty competitions. Fuck him. Just because you accused the way he, The way he talks about his daughter, fuck that dude. He's a fucking creep. Anyways, but he brought this weird sexuality to the Republican Party where it's a, it's a gay-friendly Republican Party now. It is a Republican Party where if someone comes out as saying that they would like to violate a woman's space and assault her, our Republicans go... I mean, you know, it's fine. It's she cool. asked for it. She wanted it. So in this new Republican Party, you'd expect an openness towards sexual, even a uh, a mission to be more educational about sex. But they're going with this this old hat of wanting to fucking use scare tactics mm-hmm. and wanting to avoid the topic. And all that happens in abstinence-only education is there's so much misinformation by way of... Uh, what what is it? Omission by where you don't say lying, something. Lying oh, by uh, omission? wait, lying by omission. Yeah, I guess it's lying <laughs> by omission. There's or lying. silence is consent is another thing that rapists say. Mm-hmm. Well, lying by omission is the idea that there's a lot of stuff that goes unsaid, and there's a lot of statistics tampering. I think it's very similar to the the panic that's set in about marijuana, which I, I might be kind of talking about. What I asked here because I don't fully understand this. But if you drill into a kid's head that marijuana is going to kill him the second he touches it, and then he like has his first hit and he doesn't die, he's yeah, he think sees other people smoking, and he's going to think that everything's a lie. So yeah. every drug's not going to hurt him. And it's the same idea with abstinence, where by teaching people just how super dangerous sex is, they have sex for the first time, figure out it's not super dangerous, but then they think they're completely safe. Mm-hmm. That's why you, when it comes to anything, whether it's drugs, sex, politics, careers, relationships, you have to learn just how dangerous something is. You can't live in these dumb fucking extremes that things are either out to kill you mm-hmm. or completely harmless. You'll be smote as soon as you lose your V-card. Yes. Right? Smote. But guys, how to sex a turtle? Oh, gosh. Well, I can actually answer no, that one. You don't. No, no. <laughs> turtle you don't. How is pregnant formed? Um, so, well. one thing I wanted to say also, a lot of misinformation that we, that young people know or learn about sex also comes from porn. Let's talk about porn. Porn is as bad as fucking the school system. It's just on the opposite end of the extreme. Uh, it teaches unrealistic <laughs> expectations, unrealistic bodies, um... There's a very warped sense of consent that works in a fantasy cartoon situation. I've, I've seen a lot of uh, women complain about how women are portrayed in porn. Uh, but physically, as uh, one of the main things is uh, the size of the labia. And uh, that most porn actresses have small vaginal folds well, that are very not there. <laughs> Pretty much, and that's well, not, not how, focused on a lot. That's not how a lot of women. There's a lot of sh- there are not a lot of pussy shots in porn. Are you even having sex if you're not screaming very loudly? Well, and then uh, you saw something <laughs> earlier on Yahoo on Ask Questions was like, why do women have pubic hair? Like, or when really? are when are the days that is protected to have sex? Mondays. <laughs> listen, listen to me, folks. If you have sex on Mondays, you can't get pregnant. It's not possible. <laughs> so there's a that lot of misinformation true. that comes from the internet, that comes from porn. That I mean, like, um, 
Yeah, like it's it's ridiculous. I learned everything I needed to know about sex from Cruel Intentions. That's not a bad. <laughs> that's not not a good place. Is what no, I was trying to say. I prefer uh, learning it from uh, Dangerous Liaisons oh. or uh, Le, <laughs> Liaison Dangereux. Yeah. Uh, uh, the original. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. okay. Get some culture in your life. Thanks. Jeez. Thanks. I don't want to watch Reese Witherspoon get railed. <laughs> Where did I was learn? she in that movie? I wasn't watching her. I was too busy watching uh, Matthew Broderick. Uh, no, that was not Matthew Broderick. <laughs> Shoot. What was her former husband's name? I don't know, but I had a serious. Dana, um, did you hear about, about that actress who stabbed her mom? Reese something? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, she used a knife. Thank you. <laughs> I was like, what? Um, Thank you. Okay. Yeah, so I think you did that joke last episode. I probably did. Okay. But it's been two weeks. So this is important. We have a lot of misinformation surrounding sex and sexuality. Thanks, entertainment media. Thanks, awful schooling systems. Thanks, abstinent-only education. Well, I, I, if I've mentioned this yet, it, it's just so much dancing around. And I, I remember that from my childhood is literally people dancing around the topic. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So this creates a perfect niche for something that will answer these questions and that will help us address the shame that goes into asking questions like this. Yahoo Answers. Why is sex important in life? (laughs) Can't produce baby without sex? (laughs) Chris, if you're good, we'll let you just do a rapid fire question session towards the end of the episode. Now I'm having trouble finding them. A lot of these are actual questions. I think this is why we need something else. And I think that we have um, talked with someone who can help answer some of those questions and offer a really cool app um, that... Yeah, that's for the end of the episode. Are we done talking? Is that the end? Are we going to cut to it and cut back? I was done. What? We've oh. created the problem. Now we solve it with uh, this product from Juicebox. Dana, do you have a product? How many week? times have sex a day? Three. <laughs> Come back, Dana. Come back. <laughs> um, Are we done? I don't. I didn't want to be done yet. I was having fun. Y'all continue. (laughs) I thought that was pretty... I thought it was good. Do you want to just goof around with Yahoo Answers? Sure. So we are trying to fix the problem by answering as many questions as we can from Yahoo Answers. Oh, so wait. So with our spare time on today's episode, we've decided that we're just going to take generally asked questions about sex and answer them. Does that sound like a good time to everybody? I love it. I'm ready. Um, First off... uh, Squirting in women is peeing. So we're just going to get that one out of the way. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with it whatsoever. There's nothing wrong with liking it. It is a mix of other fluids, but it is majority pee. It's a majority pee. And there's nothing wrong with that. You just... And because you like it doesn't make you a pee fetishist. Okay. Well, here's a question, guys. I want you to answer this carefully. This is a very important question. How do I ask for consent? Well, but sexually, what is the sexiest way to ask for consent? Is this okay? But you say it under your breath. Is that, is this okay? Yeah. Is this okay? Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Don't un- go up and t- touch someone without their consent. That's a little bit creepy. You ask the question and then you gently move your tongue very visually from one tooth to the other side of your mouth very slowly. Like, I thought you were supposed to lick your lips, not your teeth. Hey. Uh, 
Well, the audience can't see you doing that, but yeah. I, I agree. Am I right? That's one way to do it. Or it always worked for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think that question has been answered. I, I think it's just you can ask. Asking for consent is cool. Just do it under your breath. What hey, is, can I take your pants off? What is the quickest way to get rid of an IUD? Well, you have to call the bomb disposal unit. <laughs> you need to go to your doctor and have it removed. Have you? I've I've seen a great movie on it. The Hurt Locker is a step by step. No, way all right. I'm getting rid of it. Uh, <laughs> Keep them coming. Show me more failures of the American education system. I'm trying. Chris, you didn't have them prepared. How do I get boils and bumps off my private area? Well, which private area? Go see your general practitioner. Yeah, that's actually some really good advice that uh, people are so fucking ashamed about sex, they won't go to a doctor. Go to a doctor. Go to a goddamn doctor. They know. They have those things, too. You can, or just watch Embarrassing Bodies. <laughs> it's like going to the doctor. I'm, but it doesn't help you because then you'll continue to spread it. True. She's not wrong. My pussy get wet a lot for no reason. Is it normal? Yeah. Yes, sure. that's normal. Hey, so there's a lot of questions we've seen that are like, um, are all boys like this? Are all girls like this? Everyone's an individual, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gender is not even probably real. My favorite question we read earlier was, do all women, or what? what is one position that all women really like? Or what's like yeah, the favorite what's position? The, what's women's favorite position? Well, women got together for a council. And they all agreed on Dirty Doggy. <laughs> you have to ask the woman, the specific one. No, you know. she's not an individual. She's one of a hive mind woman kind. <laughs> we all like different positions. They all report to the same Borg queen, as we like to refer to it. <laughs> no. uh, BJ's equal sex. There's actually, that's a hotly debated issue. That's a uh, I remember I've had red-in-the-face arguments when I was a young 16-year-old kid about whether uh, uh, oral sex counted as sex. I think it depends on how you're defining sex. Because, like, if you cheat on your partner with oral sex, uh, you definitely had sex outside of your yeah. relationship. That's fucked up. But as far as, like, you can't get pregnant from it, so you did not have sexual intercourse yeah and a lot of people see it as like a half like a halfway a half measure where it's like oh i didn't have sex before marriage i only got my dick sucked now i have a question by myself i think i've asked on this show before i think it is sex because it's oral sex it's penetrative it's oral sex it depends on the situation but i agree i think it depends the courts defined it as sex yeah back when bill clinton See here, one I of the, did not have sex with that one. One of the biggest. That's mis- your Bill Clinton. Yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> He's just all hamburger that's, now. That's, <laughs> that's all. That's like any male voice I ever do. I am the president of the United States. I did not have sex. I with did that. not have sex. With oh God, that's terrifying. There you go. No, that's but I think one of the big misnomers about calling oral sex sex is that when you're explaining it to young kiddos. It always comes with, well, you you shouldn't have sex because you'll get pregnant. You shouldn't have sex because you get STDs. Well, is oral sex sex? Yes. And so you have, and we laugh. Everyone always laughs at it. But there is a huge population of people out there who think you can get pregnant by ingesting semen. There's, it's funny. It, we laugh at it. It's good to laugh at it because it's a ridiculous notion. There, or if you get on your skin. Or if you get on but your you skin. But you shouldn't be ashamed for not knowing it. But yes, you can get STDs from oral sex. Absolutely. Whether an oral sex includes head, includes 
anything that's a mouth to a, an organ. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fingers, maybe. Uh, not. Kind of lingus. Yep. Well, head can go either way. Blowjob is debated whether it can go either way. Yeah. I don't think head can go either way. I gave Doesn't... I gave him head. I gave her head. Pretend I'm bi. I gave him head. I gave her head. I think it works. No, I thought giving head was just like sucking the tip. No, the head. I yeah. think it's just it's just it's just oral sex, but cool. Like when you yeah. call when you call marijuana. It was, it's a euphemism. I thought weensies. it was just putting the tip in the mouth. No, I thought it was an even. I thought it was a quarter measure. No, because like <laughs> you're pleasuring the head, but Unless you're taking the, the whole, is all there the whole is. deck, or you're pleasuring the clip, but you're still like reaching your tongue into the G spot because you got a big old Gene Simmons wiener tongue. <laughs> Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I've been great. This um, is a question I don't think we are equipped to answer. But uh, lesbians, how do you make sex? They can't. It's actually yeah. the government got together and decided <laughs> that you kid you. They just can't. And are jelly bracelets really sex bracelets? Jelly bracelets? Are they really sex bracelets? What's a sex bracelet? What about rainbow parties? It's a jelly bracelet. <laughs> what about rainbow parties? Apparently, I know what that is. apparently this this person answered saying that the different colors are code for a different name, which we all know is bullshit and something that was propagated on Oprah back in the nineties. Oh, what? like when you have the bandana in your back pocket and different colors mean different things. Like a gang? No, like, no, like it means oh, I'm down for anal. Black pocket, black uh, bandana means like BDSM. Brown. It means anal, and then like a yellow one means you like jet skis. I didn't know any of this. Y'all are like, oh, wow. I'm it's supposed clueless. to be a gay, But it's an urban legend. It's, a, it's supposed to be a gay community urban legend, though. Oh. But I, I mean, uh, yeah, I think it's a gay community thing, but it's similar to rainbow parties, which is the old idea that teenagers get together. I don't even want to get into it. It's not a real thing. There's not been a real one. In- hey, history. people, use your if words you just, to communicate. If you just yeah. think about it logically... It's just going to be a brown smear at the end of the night. Unless they're literally just putting their mouth around your dick in that one spot. And then you're not even getting any, like, suction or anything. So what's the fun in that? Ask more questions. Dan, are you still with us? You crying? Are you crying? <laughs> I'm here. Why is having sex a crime in the country? Well, which country? It's not like... Uh, the country. Who are you trying to have sex with? Rural. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, it's a sex in, like, the countries and, like, yeah. ur- the, uh, suburban areas. Yeah. Oh. But are we not going to answer it? it? It's not, unless, I guess, it is illegal for two minors to have sex, technically. Yeah. It is illegal, which makes sense. Uh, is gay sex better than straight sex? Depends on your preference, motherfucker. <laughs> Try both. They they are questioning themselves. They want to know which one is better try so they both. can choose. You can question, you can try. Just don't do anything you don't you'd regret. If I have boyfriend, mean I will have sex? Well, You don't have to. Discuss it with your boyfriend. Ask him. Different people define romantic relationships different ways. Is it possible to ban all sex? Yeah. That one was posted by... To ban all sex? That's enough. I think, it's, we're, it's, I think we have our episode. I think we're good. Dana doesn't want to be here anymore. <laughs> I don't want to live on this point. She was, but, done, she was done 30 minutes ago. I uh, I have a few more things to say about the Columbine apologists. <laughs> Chris. No one even knows what you're talking about. Every single time Columbine was mentioned is cut. Fuck people who apologize for Columbine. Um, come at me. And next up, after that... Where I find sex learn software. Oh, we've lost, Dana. Software. Oh, we've had, we have an interview with someone who can get you to sex software. Where I buy sex robot. But stay tuned after this episode for a uh, interview with Bree Raider, the founder and CEO of the Juicebox One Word app. It's one word. 
Uh, oh, God. We have a brief discussion about stuff and about her app, which helps to educate people about sex. Well, thanks for sticking with us, kids. This and, was a bumpy road. Yeah, uh, use the uh, promo code KINKCAST when you sign up and you get the first five days free, which is a $24 value. That's not too bad. That's a pretty good value. Hey, and don't forget, you can always join us next week for... What? Are we going to do that? That's one you proposed, Tommy. Don't say what. I don't know what it is. Cross-eyed fetish? I proposed that. Yes. Well, I guess we're doing a whole episode on it. (laughs) Hey, join us next week for cross-eyed fetish. This is actually a thing. That'll be be an hour of us saying that, and there won't be much content, but we'll make it funny. (laughs) I'm definitely going to do this like eight times. I think, And the audience will find it hilarious that you're being so ableist. Is that a disability to have crossed eyes? You know what? It's a fetish. Just like we're going to talk about amputees and tall people and short people. Hey, we'll see you on the next train wreck. I'll talk to you later, kids. Adore adults. Bye. Stop the recording, Chris. This is when I would stop the recording. normal episode i usually open with singing i don't know how i feel about singing with it. <laughs> I'm usually making up a song of some sort for an episode that would <laughs> so like a uh what's that that musical educational program from your little what? conjunction junction oh it's, it's like that schoolhouse, yeah, rock. schoolhouse rock it's a, it's a very it's very sexual it's very song based hello folks welcome to Kinkcast. We are a sex podcast that deals with kinks, alternative sexual lifestyles, fetishes. All of it is supposed to be kink positive and uh, sex positive and positive positive. And we are happy to say that we have a guest on today's episode. Would you like to go ahead and introduce yourself, special guest? Yeah. Hi, my name is Brianna Reader, and I am the founder of the app Juicebox. We connect people one-on-one to sex, dating, and relationship coaches anonymously. That sounds like it'd be very helpful because there's a lot of people who are not entirely informed about uh, a positive about sexual sex. lifestyle, yeah. the science of how sex works, what is okay behavior, what isn't okay behavior. Basically, sex education has failed pretty much everyone in the United States. So that is uh, actually our topic for the episode. Tommy seem weird right now. Why? I'm not weird. It's just I, I we usually open with like a long diatribe about like Star Wars or something to get comfortable. <laughs> but and you've been banned from talking. I've been banned from talking about anything pop culture. So I'm having to like straighten my tie so we can have a very formal conversation. <laughs> but yes, uh, do, you, do you prefer to go by Brianna or Brie? Either one, I don't care. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm going to stick with Brie because it's more informal. It's more off the cuff. <laughs> we thought you were the perfect person to talk to because you're more or less doing what the government should be doing, but the government has failed to do. So we wanted to have a, a sit-down conversation about sex education, primarily in the United States. I don't think we're going to get into much stuff from overseas. Mm, no, uh, um, I think we're going to mainly talk about, you know, um, the fact that sex education is kind of like a... Failure? 
Um, well, it's just, it leaves a lot of questions unanswered, which I think is kind of interesting because we have a few, you know, can think of maybe a few examples of ways that, you know, we have, I don't know. I, I know whenever I went to a sex ed class, I left with more questions than answers. I so, left with more fears. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Bree, we usually play a little introduction game, uh, to introduce ourselves, uh, and tell some of our, I guess, backstory. <laughs> Backstory of our Get lives. everybody comfortable so yeah. we talk a little bit about ourselves. Uh, so uh, it's usually a question that we all answer and say, you know, my name is blah, 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 and answer the question. So uh, this week's episode was, what is the biggest misconception that you learned in sex ed? Uh, Dana, did... I'll start. Uh, yeah. Um, the biggest misconception or thing that I was taught um, in sex ed that was completely not true and left me confused for a long time um, is I was told I would never have a healthy relationship with anybody um, of the opposite sex. So I would never, I, I was basically, it was in a, it was a Christian school. They so taught you this? They basically told me that I would never, ever have a healthy relationship with a man um, because we didn't ever talk about, you know, any other options besides that. But I could never have a healthy relationship with a man unless I had a healthy relationship with my father first. Well, that's a little bit, um, what's that word again? That's one of the words I've been banned from saying in the past. Oedipal, but the reverse of Oedipal. Electra. Electra. You've oh, been electrical. banned from saying that. Oh, I can still say electrical? I'm glad that's still my <laughs> words that are allowed. <laughs> so that was kind of an interesting one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, as always, I am Chris Morgan, and uh, I think one of the things that I found strange was that uh, I was told that it was impossible to be able to love someone uh, unless you lost your virginity to them. It's like a gift. Wow. And uh, so that if you had sex with someone, you should marry them, or you should, you know, just give up on love altogether, and that love is pointless. Mm-hmm. And I found that they were right. No, that's <laughs> no. completely not true. So one of the things that I think that we're definitely getting into in today's episode is how much like there's these uh, for-profit organizations that go school to school and say, hey, don't smoke. Instead of like having your teacher explain sex to you, they have these organizations of terrified 21-year-olds who come to a room full of fifth graders and just yell at them about sex. And I remember the first one ever was in fifth grade, and I walked away thinking that masturbating could give you STDs, which they obviously <laughs> they obviously didn't say that. Like, there's, there's no way that they told me that. But I was in fifth grade. I was very sheltered. They were just kind of barking things at me about pregnancy and about STDs. And so, yeah, I walked away thinking that, like, shit, if, if you jack off, you can get yourself some venereal disease. It'll fall right off. Or you could go blind or you'll die sooner because that's your life force. Your hair will fall out. Yeah, that's, your hands will grow fur. Your hair will fall out. That's a good one. There's, there's, a, there's a rumor out there that if you jack off too often, you uh, produce excessive testosterone. That's complete urban legend. So, Brianna, would you <laughs> yeah. tell us a little bit of some... I, I saw um, in a few of the interviews you've done before, you've talked with a lot of people <laughs> with a bunch of misconceptions about sex, especially with young people that are trying to figure out their own sexualities. Do you have a story you'd like to kind of share or maybe another one that, you know, you've heard from someone else? Well, I grew up in Tennessee, which I'm sure you know is a more conservative area of the country. And I definitely had the experience that some of you mentioned earlier. Like, uh, 
was told to stand up in front of the room and get this piece of tape and put it on my jeans. And then the piece of tape was passed around to a few boys in the class and placed on their jeans. And then the instructor held up this piece of tape that obviously had all this like fuzzy material from the jeans on it. And then it wouldn't stick to anything else. And so they explained that that's what happens if you lose your virginity to the person that you're not going to be with for the rest of your life or like the more people you sleep with the less likely you're going to be able to stick to your partner your permanent partner one day (laughs) so we were supposed to be like the piece of tape and so that was kind of like a weird way to learn (laughs) about sex education and also I was told that the notebook is porn for women and it's just as bad as like explicit pornography that men watch there were a lot of weird things about gender roles but we honestly didn't talk about sex really at all (laughs) we talked about like these weird uh misconceptions around like gender roles and relationships and i think that's what's damaging right is that we're not taught to even be able to talk about sex and relationships honestly from a young age. We're not supposed to talk about it at school, at work, at home with our family. And that's why I created Juicebox. Like our core mission is just to simply get people talking frankly and honestly about these topics. Right. And kind of removing a lot of the mystery from from this um, from things like and making things less awkward because you have it from this, you know, stance of, of, um, anonymous, you know, kind of people talking together, which helps a lot as well. When Bree raised an excellent point, and that is when adults talk to kids about sex in the school setting, a lot of times they absolutely do not even talk about anything. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, one of the things I remember, uh, especially from the, the people coming to the classroom and dancing is there's sketch comedy, there's props, there's like throwing socks around the room and then they'll show a video that doesn't explain anything. And all I remember thinking in every single year was when am I going to get some straight fucking answers? <laughs> Cause they never say what it actually is. They never go into the nitty gritty details. It's mm-hmm. just, you'll get STDs, you'll get pregnant, you'll die. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Cause I mean, we're, we're all from Texas and uh, I, the only sex ed that we had was pretty much like split off the girls, split off the boys, and then describe their genitals to them, and that's it. Like we didn't, uh, I we never talked about actual sex in right. my sex ed class. Also, it sounds like I need to check out the Notebook. Like, <laughs> no, just that Ryan, sounds uh, very explicit. Any I movie, any movie with Ryan Gosling is porn for women and, oh. and men too. It's, he's a handsome boy. I mean, I really love Drive. <laughs> so, Chris, tell us a little bit. We've had some feedback from one of our listeners yeah, that we, actually goes into some of the misinformation that they learned in their sex ed class. Yeah, we asked uh, some of our listeners uh, to send in. Uh, their experiences with sex ed and uh one of the responses there she had a lot of weird stuff that was sent around uh that oreo activity where uh one person ate an oreo rinsed out their mouth with a cup of water and spat in the water uh spat the water back into a cup then that person mixed their water with the quote pure water in the cup of the student next to them and they kept doing that all around the room until everyone had the oreo std Damn. Yeah, this happened to me as well. There was like a spitting activity with like a colored dye. I think mm-hmm. this might be uh, a similar program because she does then de- describe the uh, glued piece of paper. 
Mm-hmm. The post-it, the <laughs> nice. post-it note, the yeah. yeah, a whole bunch of those. Uh, she, uh, you know, Tommy's uh, dance troupe came apparently. Oh, uh, it was people. It was uh, she says they are age sixteen to seventeen who are talking about how great being a virgin is, except for one of them who had sex, or they were partners that had sex, and then they stopped having sex because it was bad. And now they abstain from having Didn't sex. Judy they can Blue? re-virginify. Yeah, they re- re-virginify. Yeah, do you remember, or have you experienced any of the uh, the, the gift experiences or demonstrations where they have like a nice Christmas gift that they keep passing around, mm-hmm. and then they say that you can be a virgin again if you just like are willing to hold your virginity close? You can mm-hmm. always become a virgin again. But what's interesting about that as an idea, as a concept, is so constructed anyways. Um, how would... if uh, describing like how would somebody discuss virginity with one of your uh, professionals in the in the app? Like, is that a, something that yeah. you would talk about as like a concept that's a construct, or yeah? Yeah. So I just want to give a little bit more context as to what Juicebox is. So uh, once you download the app, which is completely free to download, and there's a couple free features where people can share stories and ask simple questions to our coaches and we answer the coaches that get the or sorry the coaches answer the questions that get the most votes for free and then the section where people can share stories you can comment and upvote but the main feature is that one-on-one sex dating and relationship coaching and so these are professionals people with PhDs in human sexuality certified intimacy educators uh, licensed sex therapists And so we hand select the coach that's most appropriate for your needs. So if you want to learn about kink, then we give you the coaches that specialize in kink. So for the virginity question, often what our coaching is about is like learning a little bit about your context, you know, why you view sex and relationships the way you do. And then we figure out where you are right now and where we want to take you. So that's what's different about coaching versus therapy. So coaching is much more actionable. So if we got a question about virginity, we definitely believe virginity is a social construct, right? It's not something that a man like takes from you. It's not something that there's no hymen that breaks, like all of that's myths. And so definitely we would address that. Often the topic of virginity doesn't come up very frequently. Our core client is around the age of 30, so we have mid 20s to late 50s as our main clientele for the ch- for the coaching. And so we do occasionally have people that are still virgins that work with us or people that are grappling with like shame around that. And so definitely our coaches would address that. That's interesting because um, I saw in the interview with Fast Company that it says there a lot of your target audience is mainly like teenagers. So how does that jive with some of the different kinds of op- options that your app kind of addresses? I think you're talking about our old app. So oh. actually, we had a, a version one juice box, which was focused on teens and young adults. And what we discovered while running that app is that actually a lot of adults were using our product. And so we went back to the drawing board and completely rebuilt the app from the ground up and launched it for adults because adults need a space to, you know, get into the complexity and have more of a conversation versus like Q&A, like what is herpes type questions. Okay. We definitely still have some young adults that are come to Juicebox occasionally and they use the free features, but mostly it is adults that are, you know, 
struggling in their relationships, looking to improve their sex life or help with their dating lives. Got it. Okay. We had fun, a fun time kind of thumbing through um, a lot of the questions that are already answered um, in the, in the section that was um, Snoop. Oh no, I'm sorry. This might've been, is that the Snoop? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Snooper spill. Yes. Um, and we had a fun time kind of looking through that, but it seemed like it was answering a lot of questions that maybe sex ed couldn't answer for people. Yeah, it's it's astounding how many folks come to stuff with uh, a basis of so much shame, and uh, it seems like this is very impartial towards that. Sex doesn't need to be such a big deal. It doesn't need to be such a nasty secret like we're taught. It can be an average part of your life that's even enjoyable. Yeah, right. I mean... We are never taught these topics, just like most life skills we learn, right, as adolescents or young adults. But with sex and relationships, we're just suddenly adults. We're expected to be amazing at it. And then when we're not amazing at it because we've never really learned how to do it, then we feel shame for not being great at it. Because in videos and porn and movies, it looks like everyone else is amazing at it, right? And so uh, a lot of what we do is – there's just so few resources out there for people to learn how to be great communicators and actually practice doing it because it's one thing to read a blog, but then you're not actually practicing these skills. So we assign you a coach and you can actually be actionable and practice that and have the coach be your role model. And so then when you are on that date or with your partner later, you'll have had some practice. That makes sense. Okay. Um, but so, okay. Um, did you have questions? Most of my questions had to do with sex ed. I know that that's one thing you really wanted to discuss with us, um, is, you know, whenever you first, you know, were contacting us. Um, so do you think that, you know, we need a more comprehensive, uh, sort of sex education program? Oh, definitely. I mean, when I first got into this field, I was planning on, you know, going to medical school or working on the public policy side of like sexual health and public health. And unfortunately the public policy battle is just like decades long. And I personally didn't have the patience for that, which is why I was drawn to technology. But certainly I think we've, we've been debating this since around 1981 when Reagan got involved and sex education became much more politicized than it was in the seventies even. Right. And so I think that, yes, we definitely need more comprehensive medically accurate sex ed in States like Texas and Tennessee, but even in places like New York city and San Francisco, we're still not discussing pleasure. What is the clitoris? What is consent? How do you communicate like these broader, you know, more important topics and not just what is an STD? Right. Or even addressing the fact that there's, um, you know, a lot of heteronormative explanations for things whenever most most people coming, you know, and in searching for, you know, answers to their sexualities are not finding themselves exactly on that end of the spectrum. Yeah, that too. I mean, inclusivity is a huge issue. Uh, and then also like talking about, you know, al- alternative ways to even have sex. I feel like people think sex literally means penis and vagina. And I wish people would open their mind up a little bit because it can be damaging to think sex is only one thing. And, you know, I feel like it's not very women focused at all. Mm-hmm. And so I, I agree with you that with you there, I, when you first download Juicebox, a lot of the things are based on a spectrum and a slider. 
And so inclusivity is a huge value for us instead of people like checking a box as to how they identify. Right. I thought that was really user friendly. Chris, did you have a comment? Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, there's just uh, so much trouble with the like abstinence only kind of education too. Like we have, I, I was, when I was looking up statistics, you had, you know, studies going back decades and decades that said how horrible the results of abstinence only education is. And yet people just ignore the studies. And like, even the most recent article I saw was from, uh, was an NPR article from 2017 talking about how terrible the results of abstinence only education are. And it's like, We've known this for mm-hmm. well, years. When you say terrible, that specifically means that abstinence-only education leads to um, higher pregnancy rates in teenagers. Teenage pregnancy. Right. Yes. It even says that. Um, and it's typically in this very same states that are the hardest states to, to get an abortion. Yeah. Even the American Academy of Pediatrics has recommended against the use of abstinence-only sex education because it has been found to be ineffective and because the media frequently conveys information about non-abstinence. So with young people growing up in this atmosphere of sex, 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 sex. It's hard to teach them not to do it. Um, the only statistically relevant reason teen pregnancy has dropped since 1995 is largely due, it's due to improved contraception and more contraceptive use. So it's interesting to see the kind of information that's getting taught versus the way that young people are actually interacting with one another. Um, and I mean, that I guess that even applies to older people as well that maybe are more uh, of your target audience for your app. Um, and I think that it's interesting well, that you brought up politics as well. Sorry? Abstinence-only education kind of instills a, like, shame. And so it (laughs) continues on for when people do become adults. Mm -hmm. It's like, if they were taught in the 80s and 90s not to talk about sex and that sex shouldn't be a thing, should only be abstinent until, you know, you find the one true or whatever they teach. That, uh, (laughs) you know, they're obviously going to have questions about you know, anything and everything, which is, uh, you know, one of the things that it seems like this app is trying to uh, help with. Yeah. And even, even people that have great relationships and great sex lives still might have shame around these topics or just not enough resources to learn new skills and new, your sex life can always get better, right? There's no ceiling. Just like you hire a personal trainer to learn new things about nutrition or, you know, take your fitness level, um, up, you can do the same thing with your sex life. And that's what these professionals are great for. So we also help people out that are pretty happy and they just want to learn, you know, more about bondage or they want to learn more about role play and we can help with those things too. Yeah. How can, how can they spice something up? Yeah. That makes sense. Well, and and it sounds like the other benefit there is that just like the uh, school system is terrible at giving advice for sex, the internet can be pretty terrible for advice as well. Uh, Just like abstinence only education teaches people shame. Uh, Pornography teaches people ridiculous things that are not true. There are forms and forms full of misinformation, and misinformation is its own STD that spreads around. So it's good to have that contact with a professional because that's going to dispel both sides of uh, misinformation. Oh, yeah. And also a lot of the positions used in porn are more to compose a shot. Yes. <laughs> Instead of actual pleasurable stuff. 
So huh. you're getting shame from both ends of the spectrum, like shame from the fact that like in, you know, sexual education, you haven't been like told everything. And then you compare that to what you're seeing in porn and you're like, well, I don't look like that whenever I'm having sex or thinking about having sex or whatever. So it's kind of interesting to see that we need this. There's obviously like a niche being carved for something like this, what this app is trying to accomplish, which I think is pretty remarkable. Um, yeah, you're you're so right about the Internet, because like even if you are pretty good at, uh, you know, Internet literacy, especially when you just Google something, you're getting like so many results. And uh, I mean, a lot of what we do is vetting everyone for you, but also making it accessible and affordable, because a lot of these folks charge two hundred dollars an hour or more for a 50 minute session with them and if you don't live in a city that even offers these professionals then it's even less accessible so we are we try to make it easier to and more convenient to reach because it's on your phone it's like in your pocket at all times but also it's only it's free to start with like we give everyone a free five-day trial but then after that, it's only $24 a week compared to maybe $200 or more. Right. And is that week to week or does that end up going to you would buy that installments of months or in a year package? No, we're doing weekly because then it allows more flexibility for the user. No, that sounds perfect. Yeah. Like someone is going through a time in their life where they're trying to be more sexually open or they're trying to come to a head with an issue in their life. And so they're, they're taking that week or that two week period of time to really combat it or learn. Right. I mean, we have some people that use us for two weeks and other people that use us for like five months. And so it's totally up to them. That's fantastic. I have one question. Um, I have been interacting with some of your um, coaches and, um, you know, one person that actually was helping me find the right coach for what I was searching for. Um, and I was curious, at what point do you... Um, determine, okay, like the person that's asking me questions about this probably needs to seek out professional help or like, what do y'all do when you encounter a user who is wanting to ask questions about dangerous kinks or perhaps illegal, uh, sexual activity? Yeah. It's interesting that you bring that up because actually a lot of our clients use a real life therapist in addition to us because they only see their therapist once a week or every two weeks. And then they can use us on a daily basis because we always promise a response within 24 hours, seven days a week. And so also they might not be comfortable talking about sex explicitly face to face with their therapists and they're more comfortable texting to us. So that's definitely a common situation. And then as far as like referring people out, uh, we haven't dealt with anyone talking to us about illegal activities, but we would definitely be following the law if we needed to report something that was illegal. No, and one of the things we discuss on the show all the time is how there's a lot of sexual activity that uh, people will be doing wrong, and because they're doing it wrong, it's dangerous. When in reality, if you just have the correct gear or the correct uh, rules in place, there's nothing dangerous about it whatsoever. That particularly goes with, you know, foreign objects going in the ass, where people will not buy something that's made for that, and they'll end up in the hospital. Or folks who are experimenting with BDSM and they don't have proper safe words or uh, what, what do we call it? Post-care? Yeah, aftercare. Aftercare. Yeah, I mean, we have a couple coaches that specialize in kink. So anyone that wants to learn more about those topics, I would point to like Stella and some of our kink coaches. 
Yes, that's actually the one that I was actually talking to, which is great. Um, that's that's neat that you have so many different resources and that you vetted people to talk with somebody specifically about different kind of areas of sexuality that they're needing specific coaching on. Um, so how does it actually go? How do you actually determine which coach they get to talk to? Like, is it just specifically based on like one area of interest or could it be somebody who's like really not sure if they're getting kinky or how they like, I mean, mm-hmm. if they're trying to experiment and find something new to spice up things. How do you actually like choose which one is the best coach for them? Well, I would say that all of our coaches are generalists, meaning that they can definitely address all of the standard basic topics, but we have information when we onboard new coaches about what they feel like they particularly enjoy or particularly specialize in. So if you come to us because you experienced an assault years ago and you're struggling with intimacy now, then we would pair you with someone who's an expert in trauma or being intimate after assault. Uh, but they could also address your topics around dating or around healthy communication. And those are just like general topics that every, all of our coaches can work on. And so depending on how you answer the first few questions in the app, we give you a coach based on that, but we also are totally happy to change your coach. We usually check in after a few days and say, how's everything going with your coach? Do you have any complaints? And sometimes occasionally we can switch coaches if we feel like it's necessary. And we checked out the app and I really liked it. I mean, we talk about how we get fucked up views of sexuality from our parents, from school and from the internet as well. And people might roll their their eyes at the idea of a sex professional, but that's 100% something that should exist. And there's no shame in talking to someone that is a sex professional. And with the free trial and the price point, everything, it, it it's a great price point for someone going to actual sex therapist, but it's also such an easy way to talk to someone because there is that barrier of anonymity that comes with just texting with someone that makes it easier to talk about some of the stuff you might be more afraid to talk about in person. Yeah, and I'm sure you would agree with this. It's no one should be ashamed of their of their sex life, but still people are entitled to that level of privacy. And that is the service you're offering is is a feeling of camaraderie and of not being alone. There's someone who's willing to listen to you, but you are still getting to keep it separate from your daily life without having to talk to your closest friends about your sex life, because there are folks who don't want to bring their sex life into their friendships. Yeah, I mean, certainly you can't. I don't think you could say anything to our sex coaches that would surprise them. It's definitely a shame free zone. And we do want to be that, you know, person of support that you can just bounce ideas around and speak to completely honestly. Well, I think the most important part of your app is that the people go their entire lives not enjoying their sex life because they don't want to buy products for it or they don't want to seek out the right attention for it. And there's absolutely no shame in in buying a cream and buying a toy or in talking to a sex therapist or in having your app. Right, exactly. I think our, our values align a great deal. Well, that's perfect. Right. Well, it was great talking with you, Bree. Uh, Thanks for answering our questions. Yeah, uh, yeah, thank you so much. 
Hope you're able to catch your flight. Hope we didn't take up too much of your time. <laughs> no. All right. Well, I'll send you an email with links and such, and I'll uh, talk to you all later. Thanks Fantastic. so much. Thank you very much. And one last time, if you want to sign up for Juicebox, use the promo code KINKCAST. That is all capital letters and no space, K-I-N-K-C-A-S-T, for a five-day free trial. And uh, if you want to support the show in general, as always, just rate and review. Give us five stars. It's the best thing you can do to help us out. And I'd like to ask you guys to tell a friend about it. Help spread the word about the show. Thank you.